0: I'm Kamau Akabweezy, a creative and strategist. And I've got a 13-year-old son that you'll get to know as the H.
1: Word. My name is Kamau Ware. I'm an artist slash historian, CEO of Kamau Studios, founder of Black Gotham Experience, and father of a son you'll get to know as Spades, who is 22 years old. What's good, people? I'm Adrian Ali Franks, better known as
2: AB. Creative, designer, father of a young guy by the name of Darden. He is now... 19 months
0: and this is the stages where three black fathers at various stages of parenthood discuss our health journeys physical mental and professional and how fatherhood inspires our connected paths we all carry a lot on our shoulders as a part of the human experience and often you need a friend to carry that weight with you that's why it's so important that you sincerely check in with your people on a regular basis Kamau, Adrian, and I do this every episode of a segment called The Way In. Let's talk about the home life, fatherhood, parenthood situation for both of you. Where are you? What's your relationship situation?
2: Well, you know, me and Nicole, we uh, got a, wet, um, what, almost 18-month-old kid yeah he's a cool little dude man that's my guy man he's the homie yeah man because he remind me a lot of my father he has a lot of his demeanor right maybe that's just the spirit of him you know he's kind of feisty like him too it's funny he's turning two this year so
1: man time flies yeah it does
2: he's almost two and i'm gonna have to one day tell him what happened when he was two years old right that's gonna be interesting well, I guess you two can tell. I want to tell them shit, really. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, you know, home life is this, man. Co-parenting with Nicole, man. We've been married now for, what, going until our 13th year, I think? We got married in 2000. Yeah, 13 years. 2007. So, yeah, bro. That's me and the family. All right, K-Dub?
1: Yeah, well, I'm in a, a very different place. My son is 22, turning 23 later on this year. So, you see like a whole drinking adult is in between two and 23. You know what I mean? No question. <laughs> By the time your son was born, my son and I were having drinks in public and not having to sneak. That's dope. Our first real drink drink like in public when he was 18, we went to St. Martin with the family. My parents got a timeshare down there. And that was before he started college. And right. you know he got like a year left, and so a lot of our communication is through like text, occasional phone call, and zooming. But uh, me and his mother have not been together since he's been like about one years old. I'm married and then divorced, and that's a whole other conversation for
0: another, another, another day.
1: For a man, <laughs> or a whole different <laughs> podcast called "When You Marry Your Cousin." <laughs> and I live with my girlfriend <laughs> and Damn. she's amazing. And so part of what my life has been is just like, you know, she's from Mali grew up in Gabon. We both love to cook. We've been having a lot of fun with food and anime and each other. So yeah, it's interesting. My son's with his girlfriend. I'm with my girlfriend and we're like 23 years apart, but like they have that in common.
0: Man. So somewhere between, two and 23 and living with a partner living with a wife is me with my 13 year old son and my single ass you know and me being single and a full-time single dad for the first time coming up on a year now moving in with me and really settling into a life together where um 20 years into 20 years plus Man, I'm old, into my career in advertising and marketing, started out in music, music marketing in the Southeast where Kamau and I were living together when I got my first internship. Down in North Carolina and have had an incredible career journey that's, you know, taking me places that I've even forgotten. I sent Adrian and Kamau a photo this week of me and Robert Townsend.
2: Robert Townsend, yeah. Hanging
0: that's funny, out. I thought he Holly, was Hollywood shuffle. <laughs> I was like, hold on, is that Kamau's uncle? I can't even remember when me and Robert Townsend were together. I genuinely cannot remember. But I do remember that terrible shirt that I was wearing in that photo. <laughs> but all that matters is that your peace sign
1: was very crispy. Oh, oh the peace sign, the was, peace sign was properly
0: stiff. You know what I mean? It was strong. But yeah, man, I mean, like so many good things and great moments in my career that I've forgotten that somewhere along these episodes, Kamau will definitely remind you about for sure, because he's been along the ride for a lot of them. But now as an organizational leader and then a leader of this young man at home and trying to figure out that balance, especially in quarantine, where he is fully blossoming into his teenage years and teenage attitude. And I've got a team to lead during the day and a teen to lead during the day as well down the path of Assignments and homework and all these things, but really at the middle of where you both are. And it's actually a lot of the reason why I wanted to pull us together for this because of those different stages that we're in overall in our lives, not just with our fatherhood at these really almost like pinnacle moments, you know? We just entering the world a couple of years ago, just figuring out what colors are. Kamau with a drinking, smoking adult. You know, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> who's <said> smoking? <laughs> oh, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute! For the record,
1: I said I have shared drinks with that young man. We've yes, been to the indeed. bar.
0: Pardon me. Oh, okay, all right. so let's clarify: a fully drinking adult that you have out in the world. And me with my 13-year-old, like it just spices up so beautifully. And when I was thinking about that, it literally was just one night, just an alert came up on my phone. And I think it was like Adrian closing all the circles on his Apple Watch. And it just got me thinking about just where we all are in our world with our health, with our professional careers, you know, our creative ambitions, our hobbies, our relationships, and our fatherhood, just all at these really fascinating stages. And so... That's what brings us to the stages and what really brings us here. I'm actually really glad to be doing it with you guys because this is not just about like this conversation and this bit of a study in fatherhood at different points in life and wellness and relationships at different points, but just also a chance for us as fathers, as men to have really important conversations and learn about each other like I just learned already. I had no idea your middle name was Ali. I had no clue. My mom gave me that middle name. It bugged me out because, again, I was like sitting here and I'm so happy to be doing this. But then that learning just kind of like happens right away. And that's what really this is. This is about opening up that form and opening up some doors, man. I mean, you know, it's funny, A.D., I, because Kamal and I are so connected. And, you know, that story would definitely be told throughout this whole narrative that we have going on. But you encountered us. So I would love for you to tell the story of how we actually all connected in general, because like, that was an interesting nuclear moment.
1: Well, I mean, remember, I met Adrian the day after the wedding at Delicatessen and y'all two were together.
2: Yeah, we were with this guy named Aubrey, Aubrey Walker, who used to be a colleague of mine at this ad agency. But he's also the brother to my mentor named Charlie Palmer. Right. And I had met Aubrey back in the days when he had just came out of Portfolio Center.
0: Right. Charlie Palmer, gifted artist, painter, expressionist. Aubrey, the same in a lot of ways, but just in different paths, you know? Oh, yeah, but Aubrey more hood, and I like that, right? (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. His hood
2: antics is real, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? I mean, it's like going out with Ashley Larry, going to, like, an art show, and then going to, like, a critique. But, yeah, that's Aubrey. Anyway, yeah, I was out freelancing, and he was telling me that he was looking for somebody to help out with some work for Jeep. And Jay Z. And I like, oh yeah, fuck it, we can do that. And we all brainstormed on some really dope ideas. One of those nights that we was doing some work and we went to Delicatessen. you ran into Kamau at the time, his wife. And um, yeah, it was cool, man. And I think it's funny, wait, well, a year later, me and Kamau and Les, we hooked up at my old studio. Cause I think they had moved in. I think Leslie had found me on Twitter somewhere. And yeah, I was like, "Oh, that's that dude we met with Kizza, at Delicatessen." So yeah, it was that like, wow shit like that, man. You
0: know? Yeah, man. I mean, it's like small world. It, you know, it, it continues to get smaller, and I think that's the beautiful part of the connection, man, is that it just was metaphysic right away, and, and there was no way we weren't going to be connected going forward from that. I mean, just. Getting the chance to, you know, I had already had a chance in many respects to work with Kamau, and we've been collaborators since before we were born. But then to spend that time just randomly getting to know you through a project, and then just, you know, it wasn't even the decision. We were just boys after that. It just, It didn't take much you know what i mean it didn't take much it was like one night of brainstorming in one of the old ass offices that turned into what's become a lifetime of like creativity and bonding and connection in some really beautiful ways every episode we dive into a topic on fatherhood and parenthood that we think important to explore more deeply It may be the result of a life event, a subject that we've all wanted to discuss, or something happening in society and culture affecting us as parents.
1: Well, shit, out. how's your week been, bro?
0: Man, this week has been an interesting one, man. We're at Thursday. It's really interesting with a newly minted teenager in this situation. And he's two weeks into it, and it seemed like he turned a corner right away. He hit 13. It was like the angst. Just rose to 11. I know that he's bored and he's in a unique situation where he's just coming to live with me. It was just really starting to make friends at the new school and all those things. And then this hit, and he's like, his groove was just broken up. But yeah, I think just becoming a teenager under this circumstance, and then dealing with all the things that he's dealing with without a community, and it's just he's stuck here with me. I can see the impacts, you know, I can see the effects, and I've been really kind of like meddling with that this week and trying to figure that out. But in the meantime, like, look. I think all three of us are blessed with the work that we're doing and the fact that we've made ourselves integral to our companies to a degree, integral to culture in significant ways we can continue to do what we're doing. The work that I do, you know, working in advertising, this is an interesting moment where we could be really, really silent, but that wouldn't be the right thing. And so we're still working on new ideas and campaigns and ways to operate as brands in this environment so it's a lot of calls at AD like you talked about man you know we're on zoom calls all day every day and then ultimately you gotta leave that in the interim be parents in the interim, be partners, in the interim, do all the other thing. be leaders that we all need to do from like this little, whatever it is, three and square that we kind of occupy during most of the day is really interesting and is a real study. Like I'm learning a lot about myself and learning a lot about the little man because of this bit of a nuclear situation and some restless nights, man. I haven't had a real good night's sleep during this, making sure that I get the little dude in bed. But still give him the time to like virtually hang out with his friends, so he's up late, so then I'm up late, but then I got to get up early and rock and I got to get him up early for homeschooling. Oh yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> so the the homeschooling fact that tomorrow
2: I' here That's
0: real. I mean, it, it is, and I can't even imagine for parents with kids at the ages of like, I would say, six to eight or six to 10 right yeah. now. Where you really got to get in with them. Younger than that, it's like story time. It's reading. It's it's a little bit more playful, you know.
2: It's just goddamn Elmo. That's all it is. <laughs> Elmo and this third person speaking motherfucking ass. Elmo always speaking in the third person. Elmo all, all day, all day. Like God damn it, Elmo's a narcissist.
0: You <laughs> got have to break that
2: down. <laughs> <laughs> He's a narcissist. He's a redhead narcissist, like the president, talking to the third person, and everybody on Elmo Street revolves around him. So yeah, right. fuck Elmo.
1: <laughs> I ain't touching that one.
0: <laughs> Elmo's name
1: is in the streets for more than one thing, man.
0: You know, <laughs>
1: <laughs> talking about your kids and Elmo together. I ain't touching that. Uh, that one alone. Man. Well, you know, they said de Blasio wants to do a ticker tape parade for all the healthcare workers. I don't Wait. think that's a good idea. When that's what I'm saying. It? It's like, why do you want to gather a bunch of people to celebrate the nurses who prevented people at the parade from being dead? So it's like... Who's going to clean that shit up? Man, first of all, the nurses are going to probably be like, listen, man, you can keep your damn ticker tape and give me a check. Give me some money. Right. Yeah, <laughs> everybody stay their hell exactly. home.
0: Exactly. But I think there well, yeah. should
1: definitely be a, a day at Central Park... We like just like you know, big bags of weed for all parents who had to homeschool.
0: It is real. Bro. It is real, man. And yeah. I mean,
2: I'm not really homeschool. I'm just paying for Zoom classes so we can be in a single on class. But, you know, mm-hmm. that's relatively easy. What you're dealing with. Yeah, it's real, bro.
0: It's interesting because he is definitely more self-sufficient. So I imagine like kids 11, depending on the situation, are a little bit more self-sufficient. But you still have to check on them like they don't do all the detail. They're not answering all the questions. You got to check in and check the homework and make sure that they're actually completing it and submitting it. So, you know, I would definitely get the emails from the teacher saying, hey, it hasn't done X, Y, and Z probably once a week. And then I'll talk to him about it and like, yo, what's up? I got an email from the teacher. It sounds like you didn't finish up your math. It's like, oh yeah, I got to do that. like, right, but wait, when I asked you yesterday, if you had completed and submitted your math, you confidently said, yes, while you were fortnighting. But today, <laughs>
2: you
0: know for sure that you didn't complete and submit your math homework appropriately. This is a problem. And that's the problem. It's more like the attention to detail, the completionism, all those kind of things that I'm dealing with right now that, like I said, I understand that he's not as focused as he would be if you were at school. Generally, he's a good student. But this has been a battle, or it's been a struggle that's becoming a battle.
1: Bro, think about me. Think about people who are teachers themselves with kids and have less space than you do. Like both of y'all cats both got like two floors. And so y'all both can kind of like go upstairs or downstairs. But there's people who are like a full family of like four or five Or three and a half, and they have one and a half laptops. And that person is maybe in charge of an entire fourth grade or middle school or high school. And they have to teach their kids and then somehow oversee the learning that's happening across an entire school now. So schools are now like districts.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: You know what I mean? It's not even about grade level in the classroom and instructional team leaders. Because it's inside one little ecosystem or universe called a classroom, you have more diversity than you ever would have normally had in a 30 people in a room Mm -hmm. based on your dial up, your computer, your learning style, how you teach, what your parents at home are like. So this is definitely an upside down. You know, we're living in the upside down.
0: Yeah, So was that a long way of telling me to check my privilege?
1: Listen, privilege (laughs) is slippery.
0: (laughs) You got to be aware of it. Because everybody has
1: no The thing about privilege that's slippery is that you also a black man, right? And so it's like you being at home with your son. We understand the trajectory that we've had as black people no to doubt. go to a space where you are at home with your son, and you've got your multiple iPhones and iPads and MacBooks. And so it's like, yeah, that's privilege. But at the same time, I'll take those four acres in the mule too. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you do have to consider that it could definitely be worse, and also consider that drives you and expectations that you have, in particular, that you're exercising all day on yourself, doing your push ups, and on your team that have to like reach goals. It's like a whole different sport when it's like a 13 year old living on upside down. Indeed. Talking about what is homework? What do you mean homework? Indeed. I'm already home. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I remember. I'm home all the time. It's not homework anymore. It's just you're irritating yeah, me.
0: Exactly.
2: You're just doing work. And Nadia Lopez, you know, the sister that runs the uh, Brooklyn Academy down in Brownsville. Mm. Yeah, she mentioned something that, you know, because a lot of the schools, definitely public schools are like 50 years behind, technically, right? All of a sudden now they have to move 50 years in advance with COVID-19 and have to just be launched into the Jetson era. And a lot of these kids are just not ready, right? A lot of kids don't have adequate internet. They don't have a device, like they may have like a crooked phone or whatever, and those phones are not gonna be the most best phones in terms of jumping online somewhere, right? Right. So yeah, Yeah, you're right, Kamal. Like a lot of kids are like, well, some kids are privileged. Some kids just, they're like lagging behind because of that digital divide, right? You know, that's supposed to be eradicated 15 years ago, but apparently not so much, right? Because now everything from school systems to even work now has to be done with e-learning. Even if you're a person who has to go to work every day to like do a job, a physical job, chances are your kid now has to do e-learning with you not in the house. So you now have to make your kid potentially do e-learning and hope that they're doing their lessons online and not playing Fortnite or Doing whatever else, right? So yeah, you're right. I think the whole idea of like privilege is real. I mean, even us doing this podcast remotely is privilege.
0: These conversations we've had them offline for a long time. Just this dialogue around like what we're dealing with day to day as parents and professionals, what we're doing just to kind of keep ourselves sane and keep ourselves inspired, keep ourselves connected, how we're doing in our relationships, how we're doing just in life. I was feeling like we needed this forum for our own catharsis just to generally have the open dialogue and open level of conversation around all of these things that are really affecting us. But at the center of all of that is, I think, our kind of unified desire to have been parents in whatever shape or form that came in, but also just where we sit right now. And, and AD, you, you're you hearing from us and your other brothers and family about all that you're about to experience with through the years that are coming up. Your know, Kamal Parton, your wisdom of experience of like living and growing, you know, a fully grown adult and where he is right now and, and what fatherhood is at a stage when you got an adult in your life, you know, and me sitting in the middle with a teenager and even the dialogue that we had today just about some of the things, that, some of the battles that he and I are having. This is for us, right? But it's also for those other fathers and mothers that are out there that are going through some of these different stages. And that was really why the gestation of the idea of the stages as a name for this podcast and as a dialogue point for where any topic that we tackle will have so many different perspectives to it, not just because we're different individuals and come from very different backgrounds and different families and different family dynamics, different professional environments, But also just because that core thing that kind of unites and connects us all, not just as black men, but as black fathers out in this world, man. I appreciate you guys coming and joining the conversation.
1: I mean, it's something that's needed, man. When I was born, that was 1997, man. You know what I mean? It was a whole different America.
0: Yeah, man. And
1: what I will say, you're definitely in the foxhole out of the three of us. I mean, the can't quite say i hate you yet if he wanted to he would it would sound like yeah
2: oh he's gonna say it? Yeah, yeah. He He might real
1: hard or something right but he can't say it if he wanted to you know what i mean and i'm in a situation where it's kind of like i've been through like the worst of it and now it's just kind of like we both men but you're in a dynamic where it's like you know think about it like a superhero movie both of you are in a situation that's completely unique to both of you And there isn't really anybody who can guide either one of you. You know what I mean? You both are pretty much your own hero in your own scenario because this is like a form of soft incarceration. You know what I'm saying? But it's still a level of like seeing a lot of the same four walls. You know what I mean? It's kind of like Chapo level incarceration where it's like (laughs) you can still get out and do shit, but you got to go back to the same place and you're going to break out eventually, but it's going to be weird. You know what I'm saying? It's like kingpin incarceration.
0: Yeah. So sure.
1: that's just a lot on a mental health level mm-hmm. to deal with, especially when you're figuring out who you are. So I don't know who yeah, appreciates absolutely. the fact that we're just like having the same type of conversation we'd have over cocktails with microphones and through distance. But I think one thing I will say is a big takeaway for me for fatherhood Is that father's father better when they take off all the armor and just be human beings?
0: You know, I think what I wanted to do here with you brothers is just give a real kind of like sense of where we are and who we are, the worlds that we're kind of dealing in right now, the synchronized lives and existences that we're experiencing, but in different paths and different times and and different situations that brought us together in a real kind of, you know, happenstantial way, but created a bond that's much bigger than these microphones and, you know, these conversations. But I think we'll only get stronger and deeper more as we kind of dive into some of the subject matter that we want to cover in this podcast, some of the conversations that we want to have in general. And then just some of the laughs and just some of the joy that comes out of, you know, the three of us being together. I can't even, like, doing this in this social distance era where we can't be in the same room is one thing. So this experience that you guys are having right now through this show will only amplify and amp up significantly when the three of us are actually in the same room together at some point with a significant bottle of brown liquor. And a mixer and, and-,
1: and some limes, <laughs> some limes and bitters and some oh, I'm the good sexy kid. ice.
2: We're going to celebrate nice, man, because shit, this is every day. It's like you just got to survive the day. And it has nothing to do with like, you know, home life. Shit, It's more so like still dealing with systemic racism, craziness from the media. Our president, who is just putting us on the fringe of like extinction and, you know, just not catching a rona. Like you literally got to survive the day, bro. And I think once we get past the shit, we got to celebrate with some really nice, good whiskey. Really good whiskey.
1: Yo. I want to be a historian for a moment and just do a quick timestamp on this particular episode. This past Sunday, the last dance aired episode one and two. I know we all saw that. We might get into a different time period, but it's about the Jordan era that never really ended, but it's like the last season, the last ring of of the bulls and just think about Jordan that year losing his father, and then thinking about the Teddy Riley babyface debacle that was too funny but too amazing. And just like Teddy Riley's had like what five boys or five kids? They made a video rooting for him. He's an Abraham ass brother, man, doing his <laughs> thing. But the verses before Teddy Riley and babyface was with um, Premier and Rizza. And I remember how when that battle was over, Rizzo just kind of had a moment to like say listen this is dedicated to all the fathers out there because we come from a generation where fatherhood was so slippery like what does it mean to be a father and he goes I feel like our generation people who are like 50s 40s 30s however you want to put it together probably more 40s 50s that our generation has become better fathers and he wanted to kind of like I think he played the um uh, a song with like Jay and um Kanye and uh, and just mentioned about them both being fathers. And so I think that we're like living in a moment just as a timestamp that we're all kind of like stuck in a house, but at the same time we're stuck in a house, whether it be like D-Nice or Teddy Riley or Jordan, we're talking about people who are fathers and have more public lives as fathers that makes this conversation, just just gives us some context historically for those who might hear it a hundred years from now.
0: Yeah, man. Absolutely, brothers. I appreciate it. I mean, you know, we definitely got a, Format for the show, and there's a lot that we're going to get into, and so much that you know rich territory that we're going to get into, and even even in setting this up and thinking through some of the different episodes, some of the topics, like there's going to be, have to be like part one, part two, part three to some of these conversations that we're about to get into, and I'm really excited about that, and, and really excited about the learning. I've always seen A. A. Franks. But I never knew that that middle A was for a long time. Bro, I thought there was a design thing. I thought it was just the same way that I do my initials. I thought it was just a, I thought it was just a design like symmetry thing. So honestly, bro, I'm so excited about the learnings that we're about to get into and I hope you as a listener enjoy these three voices. We've got a lot of dope stories to bring you and ultimately want to hear from you as well. We'll make sure to link to you know, Kamal's venture with Black Gotham and Adrian's venture with Pepper and other things that we're just getting up to in general just so you can get to know more about who we are along the way. But I appreciate you guys' time for show on this first night. We are to each other and that we will be to hopefully be to you in the days coming forward.
1: Yeah, one love everybody out there living in a very upside down situation. Just keep your mental health first and foremost because once your head go, everything else will follow.
2: Yeah, peace to the Uma.
0: I love it. Till next time. The Stages is a production of Sauce Kitchen Studios, produced and edited by Ali Ojbe and featuring the track Going Home by Classic Beats. That's Beats with a Z. You can find Going Home on his album Spaces in Noir, and you can find that on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere else you get dope-ass music.